Welcome to Subject ACT with me, Heather Murray. Subject ACT brings you stories from our local Canberra community and beyond, exploring current and community affairs from a curious and informed perspective, affairs with a global dimension. Tonight I'm bringing you two stories, one with Francis Crimmins, CEO of YWCA Canberra. Francis talks about a local housing initiative for women and their families called Rentwell, which is going strong. But first, since COVID-19 was declared a pandemic in March, there's been much discussion in the community and the media about ethical dilemmas that may face health practitioners when confronted with scarce resources in a crisis. How will triage decisions be made, for example? This is a major area of anxiety and concern for people with disabilities. Joining me via Zoom to discuss this and more is Andrew Geraghty and Mignon Cullen from People with Disabilities ACT, also referred to as PWD ACT. Welcome, Andrew and Mignon, to TWX. Thank you, thank you, Heather. Thank you, Heather, for inviting us. Now, Andrew and Mignon, I know things are moving rapidly in these COVID-19 times. Can you explain what the risks are for people living with disability in the context of this pandemic? Well, the, the chief concern that PWD ACT has is that there's a risk that people with a disability might be treated differently from uh, able-bodied people in, in the event of the worst case disaster. The, uh, ACT government recently put out a document with triage protocols for d deciding who would get health care. Now, I have to point out that I'm pretty sure it was written as an absolute worst case disaster scenario, uh, the sort of situation that medical facilities in New York are, are facing, for example. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, uh, Australia and the ACT have not faced that sort of overrun situation. Uh, if you're disabled, you, you might already have a compromised immune system or re require some sort of uh, assistance with, with breathing. And so we've just been concerned to represent to government the importance that people with a disability should receive equal care and right to life as able-bodied people. I noticed that a few weeks ago, a statement of concern that looked at human rights, disability and ethical decision-making in the context of COVID-19 was published in Australia and was supported by a large number of eminent Australians and disability organisations. Reading it, I could see that it laid out a complex set of issues for all of us can you give me an outline of the key points of that statement of concern? Yes, there were six key points. The first, healthcare should not be denied or limited to people with disability on the basis of impairment. People with disability should have access to healthcare, including emergency and critical healthcare on an equal basis with others. Healthcare should not be denied or limited because a person has a disability. Healthcare should be provided on the basis of free and informed consent of the person with a disability. Healthcare should not be denied or limited based on quality of life judgments, 
about the person with a disability and ethical decision-making frameworks should be designed with close consultation and active involvement of people with disability and their representative organisations. And can I just say in respect of the draft triage protocol that was circulated to organisations like PWD, ACT, one of the worst concerns was that the way triage was stated it would be managed was that those people who would put the hospital resources under the least stress would get priority over others who might then be admitted only for palliative care unless they recovered themselves. So do you think the government is disregarding the statement of concern on ethical decision-making for people with disability for health treatment? That risk exists that the protocols are ignoring that. But I think it's also too early to, to say, we're looking forward to continue to, to work with uh, the ACT Legislative Committee on COVID-19 and looking forward to see what they finally come up with mm. in terms of a, a final uh, document. And Mignon, how are people with disability perhaps coping with mental health issues? It's very stressful, um, you know, and I've been experiencing a bit of anxiety um, due to the stress of the social isolation. Yeah. Um, we, um, you know, as I've uh, said before to people, you know, just because we have a disability doesn't mean that we, we stay at home all the time anyway. You know, we're very social. We go out. We meet and greet people. Mm. We're, mm. we're socially active. And this is a hard, a hard time. At, at the same time, many of us are living on, on the, the poverty line, which, which means that we're looking at our friends, if you like, who, who've had their new start allowance doubled and nothing similar has been done for people with a disability. And, and yet if we were given extra funding other than the $750 supplement, we'd inject that back into the economy uh, as well. Are you talking there, Andrew, about the Commonwealth Government deciding not to extend the coronavirus supplement of 550 a fortnight to people with disability? That, yes, that's correct. Mignon, what is your opinion on that? I'm a bit disappointed that, um, again, we've become marginalised uh, because of the Centrelink payments. Um, I've been on the disability support pension for some 15 years and so always living below the poverty line. It's always tough mm. um, and you have to be very, very good and, uh, and, and tight with your own budget. And as Andrew said, any extra that we get, we put back into the community, into mm. the economy. Well, what is people with disabilities, ACT, response likely to be to the ACT government? Well, P PWD ACT is likely to recommend that the ACT Assembly's committee on this matter also have specific hearing days about COVID-19 as it affects people with disabilities. There's evidence of significant community concern and there's no disability-specific hotline that people can turn to. Uh, 
social and economic disadvantage is being experienced by people with disabilities and the Royal Commission into abuse and neglect of people with disabilities is, is apparently also considering holding a special hearing on the impact of COVID-19 as it affects people with disabilities. These are all vitally important issues. When is the ACT government likely to respond? Uh, unfortunately, that's, as Winston Churchill said, is a mystery wrapped in, in an, an, an enigma. But hopefully <laughs> we'll find out soon. What are you hoping for? What's the best outcome that you can see? Well, I, I think the, the best re response is, is one that does recognise the government's stated commitment to equal treatment of people with a disability alongside their able-bodied fellow citizens. Just before we go, have you got any plans in train for when social restrictions are lifted? Yep. Uh, I, I've already started planning with a friend of mine having our, our COVID-19 survivors party. <laughs> uh, it, it's probably only going to be four or five people to a dinner uh, at someone's house uh, so that we don't uh, break any, any social distancing yeah. restrictions that, that might still be in play. Well, perhaps we could all plan for something like that. Yep, that, and I'm waiting for the pub to open so I can have a draft beer. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, Mignon, thank you both for joining me to discuss this incredibly important issue on subject ACT. Thank you, Heather. Thank you very much, Heather. I was talking there with Andrew Geraghty and Mignon Cullen from People with Disabilities ACT via Zoom. You can contact PWD ACT through their website. Or if you're feeling worried about the coronavirus and want to talk, you can contact Beyond Blue on 1800 512 348 or via coronavirus.beyondblue.org.au. These details will be posted on Subject ACT's Facebook page. Two double XFM ninety eight point three in Canberra, or streaming online at two double XFM You're listening to Subject ACT. Great to have you along. I'm Heather Murray, and this next interview is about Rentwell a housing initiative for women and their families being run by the YWCA that's going from strength to strength. This interview was first broadcast in June 2019. All around the country, people are facing a housing crisis, and Canberra's no exception. We have the highest rents in Australia next to Sydney, and there's a real squeeze in our city for those on low incomes who are looking for an affordable place to rent. For people who can't compete, this can mean housing stress or homelessness. Rentwell is an initiative that confronts this situation head on and it's being run by the YWCA Canberra. I'm delighted to be speaking today with Frances Crimmins about the Rentwell initiative. Frances is CEO of the YWCA here in Canberra. Welcome Frances. Uh, thanks for having me on Heather. Now its name says a lot but what exactly is Rentwell Frances? What does it aim to do? Yes yeah, so Rentwell um, is Canberra's first charitable property management service in a nutshell. So what we are aiming to do is uh, use private owners' investment properties who also share the same concerns that we do about the unaffordability of rent for low-income Canberrans 
and we will manage that property. We will head lease that property with them and it will be rented to Canberrans in need at less than market rent. That's mm-hmm. what Rentwell is in a nutshell. Right. Now, I understand that the YWCA will be prioritising older women and those who head low-income families for tenancies in the Rentwell initiative. Why these groups in particular? Um, so we are working, making sure that Rentwell also aligns with the ACT housing strategy and based on you know lots of feedback from the community and the government's own research, we're targeting people in the first and second income percentiles and so people know what that is. That's people on incomes in the first income percentile up to 55000 and the second in- income percentile is 100000 Um We are targeting the cohorts of older women and single-headed households, so possibly a single parent, primarily we know from the data that is women, um, with children because they fall in those income brackets. They make up the majority of those people who are not eligible for public housing but are locked out of the mainstream commercial market rent. And these are the people Rentwell is designed to target to assist with alleviating that rental stress. And why is it, Francis, that women are falling into this particular category? So we've known for quite some time, it's interesting that um, an academic described the issue of older women's homelessness as a tsunami of older women about to hit us. Um, I was challenged by one of our current older women tenants who said, Francis, a tsunami you can't predict. But she said, we could have predicted this. And, And when you know that it is predictable, and the reason, you know, she pointed out to me, and I agree with her, it is predictable, it's because of structural gender inequality. So older women, for example, the cohort that we're targeting have, uh, for the majority, have spent um, a lifetime of caring. They may, If they were in paid work, it was possibly at the lower end of the paid work market. At the time, for many of the women who are retiring, there was no superannuation. And we know today that 40% of women in Australia still have no superannuation. So what we're finding is that if women through of this age group, through um, death of their partners, or divorce, find themselves not able to, if they didn't own their own home and they're in the rental market, the single age pension just will not cover the average market rent in Canberra. I think most Canberrans would probably be really saddened to hear that, particularly when you know that we we do have um, women who will arrive at our office, you know, women 70, 80, our oldest tenant, just for noting, is 94, um, who are actually... They wouldn't have called themselves homeless, but I can tell you by the the definition they were. They were couch surfing, moving from one family to another, um, or possibly staying in unsafe relationships just to keep a roof over their head. Mm. So let's talk uh, about how Rentwell works. What are the details? So Rentwell, we've established Rentwell and we've had a lot of support, I have to say. We've been researching this for over two years. Um, We've had a lot of support from um, the real estate sector. I've had some key people guide me there, Um, legal advice, marketing advice. So what we've put together, we've looked to other models in Australia. Most of the other models are based on running a commercial real estate business. Um, However, we've made the distinct decision that we want to run one that is purely on mission and we won't be undertaking any commercial. So if somebody would like us to manage their property at a normal commercial rate for market rent that's not out that we won't be doing that we'll be focusing on those people who are in a position to rent their property at less than market rent Mm -hmm. so how it works is we're a community housing provider so we're regulated property owners will sign into a head lease a bit like a defense force head lease with us 
um, for their property, they will agree to rent their property at 75% or less than market rent, which is community housing rates. When they do that, we're delighted that the ACT government is piloting a land tax exemption for people who rent their properties to community housing providers. So for people who meet that criteria, we'll have an independent property valuation so we know what that market rent is. You can then become exempt from your land tax. We will then target and have to demonstrate that we're housing people in those first and second income percentile so that the government knows it's going to support those who are most at need. We've also got a class ruling from the ATO. So as a registered charity, people make donations to us all the time. Happy to say Canberrans actually donate more than any other um, part of Australia to charities. Um, So the rent you forego, we will be able to treat that as a donation. So if you're used to donating $50 a week to your favourite charity and you have an investment property, the rent you forego be it $100 a week, we'll give you a donation receipt for 5200 for the year. Right. So what sort of services do you provide for all Rentwell properties? Do you have yep. a dedicated property manager? We absolutely have a dedicated property manager. We've really, as I said, um, worked hard. So you, you will find us to be, um, you know, provide the standard property management service. So we will come and do your um, inventory and inspection report, We will organise your maintenance, collect your rent for you, pay it to you um, through a normal trust account, just like a normal property management service that would be um, provided by a commercial real estate agent. We will be doing the standard inspections. And it's really important that people understand the tenants that we are housing aren't people who would be eligible for public housing. They're not people who need support. These are just people who happen to be in those low-income percentile and our rent has just got so extreme in Canberra, they can no longer afford it to fully participate in the community. Now, what are the social returns on the investment, Francis? Uh, What are those benefits? Yeah. So, look, primarily, I have to say, since we launched at the beginning of May, there's four key reasons why we're finding property investors are doing this. But the resounding reason, the top reason is they actually want to contribute to help a local Canberran who mightn't be in a financial position such as them. That has been the resounding um, people who've contacted us. So it really is targeting, you know, that that do good, that you're actually making a tangible difference in a local Canberran's life. Mm. Most of the people who are contacting us are really interested in supporting an older woman or a single-headed household women and and children and for example the first uh, property that we have tenanted has been a single parent with a child and they've been able to integrate straight into their community they've been in that property now for three months and mum's returned to full-time work so that's just you know one example of the social return on investment that somebody can make with their property the other reasons obviously having the land tax exemption is really important and the other thing property investors have told us it's not so much the money coming in so some people have said they're in a position to rent their property at 50% market rent because they'd like to target a refugee family and understand that at 75% they're not going to be able to afford that so it really is that philanthropic reason why I think people are participating and then they understand the social return on investment that that family the children can go back to school 
um, mum and dad can get a job um, and really start, you know, having this access to the same things that you and I have in a, in this community of Canberra. Mm. And having children, uh, get, giving children a secure place to live is vitally important for their well-being and for their uh, performance at school, I guess, in their relationship yeah. and family life. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and as I said, I, I was, so many people said to me when we were testing this idea, as I said, it's been two years in the making. We talked to potential property owners. We also talked to our tenants and what they need. Um, and not surprisingly, it's a safe, secure home that they can make their home. So in, in terms of putting all this together, the key thing was I really believed that other Canberrans would be as shocked as me to know, particularly that, you know, a 70-year-old woman needs to come to my office because she's living in her car. Mm. And and I think what this has shown over the last few weeks being um, we're up to, we've had 45 property owners contact us in five weeks. Oh, that's that, great. It's fantastic that, that Canberrans do want to make a difference in their community. So generating this these affordable housing options is a win-win situation for both tenants and property owners, obviously. Look, we believe it is, and I guess we're really hoping that we can demonstrate how this can work. And we will, we've got, you know, we'll be evaluating and um, collecting the data, both for the property owner um, and how much rent they forego, just so we can really allow people to understand what what they're investing in. Noting that it's so important that your investment property works for you, that's foremost, it's your retirement plan as well. But also the tenants who we are housing, obviously de-identified, but just knowing that by connecting somebody to a safe, secure, appropriate home, as you said, the connection for children back into school, back to their development, um, back to parents being able to engage in work, and even some of our older women, you know, they're actually looking for possibly 10, 15 hours a week part-time work. You can't do that if you don't have a fixed address. So we think once we've gathered at least six months of that data, um, this is a scalable model. This can be applied anywhere and we're hoping that the example that the AC government has set with the land tax exemption trial can be replicated in other parts of Australia. So how can people find out more about RentWell, either prospective tenants or property owners? Yeah, so we've got a website. It's quite easy to find. You just Google RentWell and it's all one word um, and and um, you'll come to our website. So there's a information there about how the program works, some financial scenarios for people to look through, information for property owners. There's also a portal for tenants um, who are looking for an appropriate and affordable property as well. So all the information is there on the website. And as soon as you register your interest, whether you're a property owner or a prospective tenant, one of our team here at YWCA will be in contact you, with you within 24 hours via email and then we'll make a time to meet with you in person. And obviously for the property owners, it's really to make sure that they understand what is involved in being part of RentWell. If their property is suitable, for example, we've had some very generous people who might be looking at some top-end properties, but we, we have to be realistic. And if 75% of your rent is still $750 a week, that's not going to work for the cohort no. we're trying to house. So no. it's really working through with a property owner what that might look like. So okay. Well, a good news story, if I can just add, is you might actually say, well, I'd be happy for three older women to co-share and live in this house. That might then make it affordable. Yes. So there's different scenarios we can look at with you. That's fabulous, Frances. Well, thanks very much for being able to take some time out to talk to us today at 2XX about Rentwell. 
Yep, delighted to. And I'm really happy to um, provide more information if required. Okay. My name's Heather Murray and I've been talking with Francis Crimmins, CEO of YWCA Canberra, about their new housing initiative, RentWell. And that interview with Francis Crimmins brings us to the close of the show. You've been listening to Subject ACT. I'm Heather Murray and it's been great having your company tonight. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to listen again, go to Subject ACT at the 2XX website or download the podcast from SoundCloud. Just search Subject ACT. Stay tuned now for the Serbian program, followed by the Spanish show at 7.30. Bye now. (laughs) 